Alright, so today we're talking about fall pests, I guess. Mmm, yeah. What are those? Well, what happens in the fall, several things happens. One, the outside skin of a building gets cold. Buildings have skin? The outside walls. And any roaches that are hanging out there for the summer are going to start coming in. So it could be two or three roaches, but they're looking for a goddamn home. And they might be walking around and people are seeing the same roach 10 or 12 times a day. All of a sudden, you've got a big roach on your problem, big roach thing. So I would concentrate, I would put some, something by the walls, whether it's a bait or what, I would suggest a bait. Also, we've got to worry about those furry little devils, the mice, because things are getting a little chilly out there. They've got to come in. Well, you got to remember also that mating season is all summer. It's nice and warm out, especially for rats. So they're going nuts, mating. So they have plenty of places to stay. It's funny because I walked a 2.2 million square foot complex today that has a ton of rats outside during construction. And I was explaining to them they're in planters. They're in dirt all outside. But I was saying they're going to start to come in as the warm weather subsides, which is great for us. It ain't too good for them if they don't hire us. Yeah, but, they're screwed. Um, so, so that's the thing, right? They mate in the summer, they go nuts, they branch out all over, and then it starts to get cold, and they come in. So, I mean, I think that's that's one of the number ones, the roaches. What do you say, from now until, like, December, right? Yeah, well, the other thing, too, with the roaches, everybody's been out in the Hamptons or upstate or down in Pennsylvania, wherever they were, they were all coming home. The apartment's been vacant. Did they, did they clean it up right? I hope so. But I doubt it. My experience of 50 years tell me that uh, it, that ain't happening. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, I got this. You gotta, so now you got to get in on them. And not only that, if it's an apartment building, you have to service your regular people. The elderly whose kids don't come to visit them, they never see roaches, but they like you to come whenever you're there just to talk to them for a while. It's getting late in the season for the stored product pest, but... We have terribly warm weather here in New York, and these stored product pests are brought in in macaroni. Uh, there could be uh, flowers. Um, stored products. Yeah, stored products. Oh. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, like yeah. Kraft macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Let me stored explain to them why. Products. Yeah. So anyway, mm. usually grains. What happens is these products come to a, a grocery store and they're stored in the basement. If you've been down the basement of a grocery store, that's where all their electronic machines are that keep all the refrigerators cold. So it's hot down there. So there's larvae on, on these grains. And, they, you know, it's nice here. And then we buy them like you might buy Kraft macaroni and cheese. I don't know what it costs. Let's just say you get five for $3. Yeah. I know, it's a pipe dream. So you take home the five, and within a week or two, you use three, and now they got six for $2. Yeah, they're so you not go, practicing FIFO. Yeah, I'm, inter- know, I'm interrupting you because this he was, is a story. He was always like that, that even as a kid. You told this story. I'm telling it again. You know, you got to repeat the shit so they get, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. You have to repeat this to people so it sinks in deeply. So we're telling, he's right, five fall, first in, first out. So don't keep the stuff there. So now if you went to the Hamptons and had a lovely time for the summer and you left that Kraft macaroni and cheese in the kitchen, you probably got these stored product pests. Could be sawtooth grain beetles, could be some beautiful moths. Oh, possibilities are unlimited. We did speak about temperature with Jeff White on some of the bedbug stuff and how it's hard to keep those temperatures, but 
I agree with you where all of these things are stored, especially in New York City. And if you come from a densely populated area like New York, Chicago, L.A., densely populated areas, right? New York to me is, you know, even if you're in other countries that are densely populated, storage, you become very, uh, what's the right word for, for that I'm looking for? Fuck. You I become got, very careless because you just came from Not even work. careless. You become creative with storage. So we... we, we yeah, there's not enough room. Right. So we, we service a lot of restaurants and they... You know, they, they, they want to maximize certain space, which is to the space where they're going to make their money on sales. So the storage tends to be in the worst possible areas, like you said. Um, I mean, we, we have one place that we do where some of their storage is in the garbage room, which we all know that makes no sense. But um, we also have like uh, where they store it right above the lights. And the electricity from the lights is it's you know it's we've we've shot it with a a meter before like a temperature gauge and it's it's over 100 degrees at times and you have all of this stuff sitting on top of it or like you said it's right next to the electrical panel these things love temperature also um as the winter comes along you're going to get what we call occasional invaders like crickets earwigs that, yeah, well, what they call cave crickets here, especially in Long Island, which most of us would know as camelback crickets. Anyway, you look at the side of your house or whatever, your factory, your apartment building, they're usually living in dead leaves or near plants and stuff like that where part of the leaves on the plant fall off. And they're coming in because it's getting cold and they want to lay their eggs. Are they harmful to you? Uh, no. Uh, are they... Do they upset your aesthetics? Absolutely. If you want to be proactive, I would tell you next year, rake all that uh, leaves and stuff, and the mulch don't help either. Try to keep the side of your house as dry as possible. Maybe cut back some of the branches on trees and stuff like that. May not eliminate them, but it's going to cut them down. Um, two other pests, one relatively new, one old that we deal with seldomly, um, cluster flies. The new fall pest for us is stink bugs. Nice. Yeah. So listen, let me tell you another thing I ran into. Let me, let me tell you, Shantan. Um, I ran into the, you know, every, when I was a kid, um, these little red bugs with black dots on them. What do they call them? Yes, ladybugs. I had them on a wall of a hospital. I called my friend, the late, great Steve Walsh. And he told me, you know, they're going to be on the west side of the building because they like the sun. So, yes, we first treated the west side of the building from the ground up to about six feet. When you say treatment, because to my knowledge, there's no chemical labeled for ladybugs. So I, I sprayed uh, it with water, all right? Anyway. Allegedly. I, I wasn't involved in that. Anyway, we went up to the ward. And this is what I mean when you got to go look at things because the more you look, the more additional money becomes available. What kind of money? Additional. We see the windows are not sitting right. There's cracks and stuff. So we tell the people, maybe they need new windows. And they said, could you possibly fix this? So I told them, yeah, for a few thousand dollars, but I'm not touching, I'm not moving the windows. So we went and got this very expensive gray tape. I think you call it duct tape. <laughs> we duct taped the windows. And then uh, we used vacuum cleaners in the place. We gave a couple of the nurses fly swatters and they were very happy 
But you know what? This sounds real like, oh, God, what did he do? But you know what? In three days, the problem was solved. No more were getting in. We whacked the ones that were there. We did use a vacuum cleaner for a while, but that was limited because it was too noisy. You had sick people there. Anyway, the problem was solved. We made a few thousand dollars extra, and the people thought we were heroes. The larger insurance companies of the world don't know how to service you like this because they're cookie-cutter nonsense for your personal stuff. They think a $300,000 policy for somebody with a $5 million business is good enough, and that's wrong. And when you have somebody like Frank and Phyllis with Select Insurance, that will tell you this is what you should have. They don't, and they, there's no hard sells with them. They tell you you're at this level now, this is what you should have. You're at this level now, this is what you should have. But this is what you need. You need these type of people. They're licensed pest management professionals in various states. And then they just know, they know what we're talking about. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. Select Insurance is just the company that you want to be with. You know, like... You can sleep better at night. You Let's can, leave it at that. You're right. Enough said. Well said. Well, stink bugs are relatively new for they, us. They've been in Jersey for a while, but thank God somebody gave them money to come through the uh, tunnels well, and well, what bridges. What I'm saying is, did you... <laughs> the, the new bridge and tunnel crew, the stink bug. Yeah, yeah. No, but did you, 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 you... When you were in business, they weren't really around, right? No, I never heard of them until about... Eight years ago, heard about them out in Jersey, trying to get into people's windows and shit like that, and they do stink. I mean, they stink when you kill them. It's just, you know, it's another one of those things where it's more of a nuisance pest to residentials than anything else. And, and you do get almost similar to cluster flies where you get them in abundance on one side of the west house. West side, west side. Uh, you know what, I... We don't have enough experience with them where I would be able to tell you that. I called Steve again when I was working down in Trexlertown, Pennsylvania. And I he told him what they were flies. And he said, okay, west side. <laughs> and, then, and then I tried to sell the owner of the place about we can cork everything, but I didn't get that one. Anyway, you know these bugs that they come in and are occasional and stuff and they're really not that big. Yeah, but they add to the bottom line. And I'm a capitalist, and you should be too if you're in business. And if you're not in business, if you work for somebody, you want to get that commission. So we're talking about these pests, and something I'd like to try new, instead of us giving you the answer on how to treat them now, we'd like to get some more involvement from the listeners. And um, if you're having a bad fall pest problem or any pest problem, send us an email or hit us up on social media. DM is probably the best in Instagram. And just tell us what your problem is. And we'll leave an email or answer it in a DM. Roaches, I think pretty much everybody knows how to get rid of them. So fall pests it's in the Northeast, the main ones are really roaches and rodents. I would say from a commercial standpoint, that's going to be your biggest issue. Flies, minimal. Get those um, screens on the windows, kids. But, and then wildlife. You're going to start to see a lot of wildlife yeah, um, yeah. coming in. And as it's thought, we've actually had a couple of jobs this week with wildlife and fleas. And you get raccoons, squirrels, whatever coming in, and they are bringing the fleas with them, potentially ticks and whatnot. It was huge. No, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, um, it's a clothing store. It's a tiny clothing store, and however... Whatever, they, they had raccoons, they didn't pay any attention to the raccoons, and then they started... Raccoon shit all over the place. Well, they have a unique situation, too, because there's only about a nine-inch gap between the ceiling 
and the roof and there's no access to it so we had we started cutting holes to see what was going on up there and the owner was reluctant because it was a retail store to close and we told him he should clean all of the we so, told him he should clean all of the retail merchandise, the clothing, etc. We gave him a whole plan of action that he was not none too fond of. And his entire staff walked out on him and said they wouldn't work under these conditions. And lo and behold, over the Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, he was asking us to come and do the job on yeah, Labor Day. He wanted to wait till the season was over. Which unfortunately was not going to happen because we had done everything we could with this gentleman up until Saturday and he, he declined and said, we'll see what happens Tuesday and Mon I guess Sunday his staff walked out. So we did a treatment today. We removed one raccoon and uh, we treated with growth regulators and it was extensive cutting a lot of holes in the ceiling to make sure that we got potential all access where they were, all runways. And to be honest, there's a potential for us to do it again because I don't know if this guy is actually going to seal the exterior holes where they enter from. What a, what a dope. Could lead a horse to water, right? One thing, um, one thing I want to tell you, if, if anybody's picking up, you know, you send a, a worker out or you go out yourself to pick up a raccoon, they're very heavy. And I made the mistake one time, like I pick them up with one hand and I'm bracing them on my hip, and next thing my hip was bleeding. <laughs> So keep them away from the hip or put them on a cart or something because they are heavy, and to hold them out straight is kind of difficult. So, What we do with most of our techs that are going to pick up wildlife, they have sheets. And what we found, this is actually something that I stumbled upon for skunks where I didn't want the skunk to spray me, and I covered them with uh, sheets. That was, that was natural pest control, by the way. Green. You know, years ago... Many years ago, Peter took a guy to, to court because he killed a raccoon in his vegetable garden. And it was in the papers and everything. And a, a one pest control association had a dinner for the guy. <laughs> yeah, Peter, uh, whatever. I mean, there's, you know what? There's some good there, but you can just go on overboard. It's like with everything else, a religion... Uh, yeah. Politics, extremists. Any, but, any, anybody who's an extremist, there's usually a problem there. Yeah, yeah. What We're is just, it? Everything in moderation, except making money. There's, there's a debate for that too, right? Just get, get, a, you know, where you're comfortable. You don't need every nickel in the street. I, uh, I would agree with that, but I might argue. One day you'll agree. No, I don't need every nickel in the street, but it's like that Peter walking from, uh... Well, possums, uh... Who cares? He gave you what we know. Take it. Listen, we're hoping for skunks soon. You know, and that's why I believe that God loves exterminators. No, honestly, what we're hoping for in the Northeast, and I've had this conversation regularly, is roof rats. Okay. And when I say hoping for... They're I mean, nice I, looking, I think by it's the way. I think it's inevitable it's going to come here, I think. And don't quote me on this, but I think they're as far north as Maryland. Um, it's only a matter of time for us. I hope that... Uh, Jeff O'Neill, you hear that? I hope that we uh, learn about it before it's too late. I don't think too many people in the Northeast are well-versed we in, we, in roof rats. We'll talk to Bobby Corrigan. Bobby is the one person that I who tr who's tracking them. Oh. He's tracking the, the roof rats, like how far north they're coming, or was. Um, I don't know if he still is, So, but he was at one point tracking them and seeing where they were coming from the south to the north. I remember we had a conversation, and probably 
four or five years ago. He thinks they'll be here eventually. So I, you know, and that, that's a whole new ball game for us, pest, pest control wise. So, yeah, you know, we're all about the small and mid-sized companies that want to level up. You know, grow a little bit, make a little more money, have some more money for the family, whatever. What are the big companies doing that we can learn from them? I mean, you know, years ago, when I was a member of the association, new guy, any of the big companies we had, those guys were big companies because they were thieves and liars. But I, I looked at these people and I figured, you know what, let me talk to these guys that are doing well and see what they're doing. And you know what I found out? They were breaking their ass. And these other guys were making up excuses. So if you're one of the guys, you want to expand your company and you want to have people talk about you, some of it good, some of it bad, you just want to make more money for your family or yourself, you've got to learn from the bigger companies. You could put your own spin to it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you see what they're doing, you could mold it and spin it to your needs. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Right. So the largest pest control company in the U.S. using Podium are seeing huge success by opening up these different texting options for their business, communicating with customers on their terms, asking for reviews after every job. When you sign up at Podium, they dedicate time to building these processes and best practices out with you to make sure you see success right out of the gate. Now, how many, how many things can you do where right away you're gonna start seeing action? So listen, go to our website, colonyconfidential.com, look for tools of the trade, and click on the blue button if you like to learn more about how Podium can help you.